Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 9.37 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It is the 16th of November, 2022. This is episode 643 of Bitcoin. And we got to do some more FTX stuff today because shit's still going down. The turd continues to roll downhill, ladies and gentlemen. Don't get caught in its path. If you do not have your Bitcoin off of exchanges yet, please do so. I repeat, if you haven't done it yet, do it before you can't. We're going to talk about Genesis. We're going to talk about uh, Sam Bankman-Fried a little bit. Uh, I am going to interject some non-FTX stories just because I don't want it to get so damn heavy with this. But I find it, I find myself compelled to continue to talk about FTX, not because, well, okay. A lot of it has to do with the fact that nobody's writing a whole lot of shit other than FTX stuff, except for Bitcoin Magazine. Kudos, brothers and sisters. But I also don't want to get it to where I'm just reading 10 stories from Bitcoin Magazine because they don't have that many on a daily basis. All right. Um, I still feel slightly compelled to go ahead and talk about FTX. Why? Cautionary tale. It's a cautionary tale. And if you're just starting to listen to the show and you you just if you don't understand why it's important to get your shit off of exchanges, there's a couple of things. First of all, trust me, it is important, but there's a problem. Okay, there's a small there's a there's a small problem. We really do need to tend and be careful to ignorance of newcomers to Bitcoin and what it actually means to get your Bitcoin off of exchanges. Sure, I can say it all day. And so can Saifedean Amis and, and all the rest of the OG Bitcoiners. We, we can sit there and pontificate as to why it's important. But what we really don't necessarily always do is tell people how. Now, there's a problem with that, too. That puts anybody who tells anybody else how in a fairly libel situation, right? If I tell you the wrong thing and you lose your Bitcoin in the transfer, that's a problem. And I don't want to do that. Okay. So here, I guess the the only way to really couch this is to say, what does it mean to get your Bitcoin off of an exchange? If you, and let's just take the, uh, the, the low-hanging fruit, Coinbase. A lot of newcomers that come into the space and they go, well, maybe I should buy some Bitcoin. How do I do it? Generally speaking, eh, over 75, well over 75% are going to go to Coinbase. They're going to either, a friend is going to tell them to go to Coinbase. They're going to Google something and they're going to find out they can buy it at Coinbase. 
before they can figure out that they can buy it from Strike, River, Swan Bitcoin, Cash App. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've told somebody, they're like, how do I buy Bitcoin? And then I go, do you have Cash App on your phone? They're like, yeah. And I go, uh, you can buy Bitcoin right now with Cash App. And they're stunned because they don't know. Because for whatever reason, Jack Dorsey decided to move the Bitcoin, remove the Bitcoin button from the app and you've got to get to the Bitcoin side from a different, uh, a different avenue, which I think is ridiculous from a user experience standpoint, but that's just me. Right, so let's go back to Coinbase. You got, you, you, you decided, you know, I don't know, throw your uh, tax refund into Coinbase and you, you bought it all on Bitcoin. Let's say your tax fund refund was, you know, ginormous for whatever reason, multiple thousands of dollars. And you've got it on Coinbase. And then you tune into this show and you hear me screaming, get it all off. How? How? Okay. The only thing that I will recommend is to learn how to use what's called a hardware wallet. Ledger is one of the hardware wallets that I used to use. I don't, I just, I I don't necessarily recommend them because they always have this bad habit of doing firmware updates. And I've had very bad luck with firmware updates. Okay. Especially on older operating, uh, operating services, like, uh, like operating systems, like windows seven or windows XP. Uh, that's going to pretty much brick your, your Me. ledger. Uh, right? you got a modern that's going to pretty machine, much brick it, your, it, your generally ledger. speaking. Right? It's okay. If you got a modern windows, my machine, personal favorite it, it, is generally speaking. It's okay. from, uh, my personal kite, favorite right? is cold. Kite the problem is, from, is that uh, when you kite, get the thing, right? the problem is it, how to use the thing. So here's what I, I recommend. You go search out Matt Odell on Twitter. It's at Odell, O-D-E-L-L. And then look through through his threads and find, like go to his bio. I think he's got his Bitcoin TV linked. I think he might have a YouTube linked. He's done a shit ton of tutorials on how to use all kinds of different things, cold card included. And that will get you feeling safer. And then when you decide that, you know what? I'm pretty good at this. I think I can do this. Um, don't do it all at once. That's my advice, okay? Take it or leave it. But try a test test transaction to make sure that you can get it after you've learned how to do it. And you will if you watch these things from Odell. And uh, BTC oh, Sessions got his also TV has linked. a massive a library of he's tutorials done a on hardware wallets and how to do this kind of thing. Right? Tutorials BTC on how sessions. to use all Again, kinds BTC of different things, cold card included. And Odell. And that will if get you, you can't figure out safer. how to do it between those two and guys, then when you decide, I don't know, you know what, what to tell you because those two guys good at this. really can give this. a shit about user um, experience don't do it all and how to get new That's my advice. Okay. Take it or leave it. I recommend doing a test transaction first. A lot of people will disagree with me. They'll just say, send it all at, at once. Okay. I don't like that. I just don't. Even, even after all these years, I just don't like that. Um, I will send a test transaction and eat the fees because there will be Bitcoin you know, fee transfers involved because you're going on the blockchain and there's, a, there's fee rates, right? But I eat those fees just to make sure 
that I'm not screwing up. And then I will remove either all of it at once to the exact same address, or I will move half of it just to make Transfers sure because involved, even because after all this the time, blockchain and there's a pushing that button rates, still makes me right? nervous. It always will. But I, I don't eat think those fees. you should just, just ever to make sure feel that I'm I don't not know. If you're not feeling up, a twinge of, you and know, then I will oh my God, either all of it at once you're to the address, a little too cavalier or I will move you should have a little bit just of to make sure because taking a you, deep breath and then executing make sure that your mind is in the right place because this is dangerous shit i'm not gonna lie to you when we scream and, and moan and bitch about getting your bitcoin off of exchanges it doesn't necessarily mean that for a newbie it's easy so i'm asking all of you guys that do know how to do that to be very to be a good tender of the newbiness that you are up against because you're you're fighting a lot of stuff you're fighting an alien ux when it comes the newbie has no idea what this user experience is like right they just bought it on on coinbase and that's all they know that's an easy ux that's why one of the reasons why coinbase is as successful as they are it's the rest of the ecosystem that can cause some problems so reach out to people who you think no and spend the time to figure out how to get your stuff off of exchanges after you are comfortable and you've got all of your stuff off of exchanges every time you buy an appreciable amount of bitcoin you should automatically transfer that to cold storage on a hardware wallet that you control the keys of and that you have backups of the seed phrases for in different places you know, I'm just saying it's I, I am. I'm trying to be careful with the fact that when I say get your stuff off of exchanges, that it's not as easy as it seems for the newbies. OK, so so help take care of the newbies out there now. <laughs> Boostagrams. I got them. You sent them. Mr. Man with forty two thousand sixty nine Satoshis or 42069. That's a big one. That's a big baller play right there, Mr. Man. Thank you. Says, my favorite type of hater is the, quote, posts charts from all-time high to now, end quote. Yeah, no kidding. I, it's, it's like, it's so dishonest when people do that shit. Whether it's with Bitcoin or Tesla stock or MicroStrategy stock, if you if you just look at the all-time high of anything until now, everything is a shit coin. You have to actually look back what happened to stock prices, Bitcoin price, whatever that's denoted in fiat bullshit. You got to go back dates before the all-time high so that you can get the full picture. If somebody is giving you a chart that is like, but look at what Bitcoin did. It went from 69,000 to 16,000. Look at that. You're, it's a shit coin. Say, ask them the question, do you have any idea what happened before that? Let's say 2011. Generally, that'll shut them up, especially if they, if they do know what happened in 2011, they automatically stop talking. If they don't, then they go look and they go, oh, and then maybe you just orange pilled somebody. Mr. Man with yet another 22,222 sats. It's a row of ducks. Quack, quack. <clears throat> no message, though. Uh, Shark the Lion with the striper boost. I feel like HODL totally means hold on for dear life now, even if it didn't initially. 
Fair enough, man. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, letter 6173 with the Striper Boost. The bullish case for Bitcoin is a great book for orange pilling friends and family during the bear market. Yeah, it'll, it, it has been as long as it's been out, out in publication. PTAR with 3,333 sats. Ooh, hump day. Hump day Satoshi break, bro. I just listened to McCormick's latest podcast with Lynn Alden. In the last two minutes, he goes on a rant about how BlockFi are the real victims here. And he asks, how could, how could have anyone seen the FTX collapse coming, etc.? Unfucking real He can't be that stupid, can he? No, he's not stupid. He's not stupid at all. He's built one of the most successful podcasts in the Bitcoin space. And he did so faster than almost everybody else that's been in the space. I got to give him that. He's not an idiot. Generally speaking, he's applying marketing tools and technologies and, you know, theories that he learned when he was in marketing and in the, uh, in the internet space, he was selling ads and doing websites for people and he had his own company for a while and until he got into trouble and, and then it got all pissed away. But, you know, from a standpoint of, is he stupid? No, he's not. What bugs me about him defending BlockFi at this point is that either one of two things, he's either still deeply in bed with BlockFi in some financial means that he can't say anything whatsoever bad about BlockFi, or I don't know, maybe some kind of contract, you know, contractual obligation gets triggered and he gets sued. More likely, it's not that he's stupid, it's that he just doesn't want to admit to himself what what has occurred because he got a lot of people into BlockFi. BlockFi has been one of his, you know, advertisers for years. He's human though. All right. That's not an excuse. It's just, this is, there's a reason humans do things that you don't think that they should be doing. And a lot of it is self-deception. <laughs> it is. That's one of the one uh, other than apathy, self-deception is one of the reasons we've got ourselves into the pickle that we've got ourselves into worldwide. Right? So I'm not going to just hate all over Peter McCormick. I used to listen to what Bitcoin did a lot, quite a bit. In fact, uh, I don't anymore. Um, but that is what it is, you know, and the whole block five thing, he's going to have, he's made his bed. He's going to have to sleep in that thing. Anyway, uh, let's see. Who is this one? Saints and Sats. 3,000 Sats. Thank you, bro. <coughs> Thank you for the heads up two weeks ago about the impending Alameda FTX collapse. I had just started listening to your show, so that was a great first impression. Keep on naming names of the bad players. Too many people keep quiet about it and then say, I knew it was a problem, which helps no one. Yeah, no shit, dude. Uh, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Jim Leahy says, oh, with 700 sats says, yeah, you pronounce my name right. Smokes, let's go. <laughs> Bit happens, 1331, 222 sats says, gold is extraterrestrial. Born from star death, gold is neither finite nor exclusive to earth. In fact, gold is cosmically abundant. It rains gold every day on Earth, and we've literally made gold out of mercury using nuclear energy. Peter Schiff once called Satoshi Nakamoto a coward. 
Jesus, really? That's grossly underimaginative, and such statements really sweep back the tide, revealing that Pete may be lacking the one and only true apex universal asset, yielding any real alpha, an open mind, and a potential for anything. Yeah, Schiff is an interesting character in the space because he is also not stupid. He is He's just not. We Bitcoiners and Peter Schiff pretty much agree on 90% of everything. Actually, more like 99.9% of everything, except he hates Bitcoin because he's a gold bag holder. I don't hate gold, nor do I not hate silver. I just find it difficult to transfer to uh, uh, to parties that aren't within my geographical location. And it's a bitch to store. It's very expensive to store, especially the more of it that you have. Safes are expensive, bro. Also, the gold is extraterrestrial thing is interesting because that's, it's not really that it's born inside stars as part of nuclear fusion. That's actually not correct. It takes a little bit more oomph to collide masses of protons together to build nuclei that weigh 79 atomic units, right? Or whatever gold is. I can't remember its its uh, atomic weight. But the way you get atomic weight is like the like the weight of hydrogen is one. Why? Because it has one proton. Uh, helium, oh, a weight of two. Why? Eh, it's got two protons, two neutrons. If the the larger you go up the periodic table, right? The more nuclei, the, the, the larger in weight by proton count the nucleus has. When you get to the higher realms, like past iron, because once iron forms in a star at the nucleus, that means it's kind of out of hydrogen and has been burning through helium. And at that point, nuclear fusion is going to shut down in the smaller stars. And that's it. You get to iron, there's nothing past that. So how the hell do you get something heavier than iron? How do you get uranium? How do you get 230, you know, 238 atomic weight? That's a lot heavier than iron is, y'all. Lead, a lot heavier than iron, right? The process that we think, and we're not sure, but the process that we think is going on is not just a star creating it out of nuclear fusion nor is it out of a star going supernova, which does produce heavier elements than iron, but not as heavy as gold. Two neutron stars colliding with each other or enveloping each other in their own orbits and basically colliding together, even though they're not like, you know, running at each other at 100 miles an hour, they're kind of spinning around each other. Once they collapse into each other, that's one of the potential places where gold can be ejected in massive amounts. And we're talking mind-blowing numbers, y'all. Mind-blowing. Boggles the imagination as to how much gold and silver and platinum can be produced in such a thing. The other one is a neutron star getting sucked in by a black hole and then ejecting masses amount, massive amounts of gold out of that. But again, we're not sure. About the only thing that we are sure of is that it probably has something to do with stars and it definitely produces masses amounts of precious metals. You can just take a look at the map of the universe and understand that this process is going on for every, not only forever, everywhere. Gold literally does rain from the skies. It's just rare on earth because we're just a speck in the cosmos. It's all relative. 
if I expand my view as to is gold precious and I expand my view to the galaxy, gold's like carbon, dude. And go just like, I, it's nothing. But if I reduce my view all the way down to a single speck like the earth, yeah, gold is in fact very precious. It's, I just like to Bitcoin. So let's, let's do that. Trouble. Trouble is still occurring. Genesis Global Capital halts Bitcoin and crypto withdrawals. There, yeah, it was uh, uh, people were talking about this over the last couple of days as to when this shit was going to happen. Bitcoin Magazine, Sean Amick, cryptocurrency lender Genesis Global Capital has paused withdrawals and loan applications following the collapse of FTX exchange per a tweet from Genesis Trading. Genesis Global Capital boasts an institutional clientele worth well over $2.8 billion in active loans. It's a lot of loans. God, that's a lot of loans. Genesis Trading operates as the broker arm of Genesis Capital and is independently operated and capitalized from the broader lending institution interim CEO, Darar Islam Said. However, Islam did state that trading operations and custody services currently remain operational. Quote, today, Genesis Global Capital, Genesis Lending Business, made the difficult decision to temporarily suspend redemptions and new loan originations, said Amanda Cowie, Vice President of Communications and Marketing at Digital Currency Group, parent company of Genesis. Okay, let's pause there. Digital Currency Group. That's Barry Silbert's outfit. Okay, what else is, you know, what else is Barry Silbert involved in? I'm just saying contagion is a bitch guys. It's like a pandemic over here. This one is actually real. However, Islam also explained that Genesis was actively seeking solutions for its liquidity crisis and would be looking for sources of quote unquote, fresh liquidity per the report. Quote, this decision was made in response to the extreme market dislocation and loss of industry confidence called, caused by the FTX implosion, Cowie said. Following the collapse of FTX, Genesis made it known that over $175 million in locked funds were held by FTX, which prompted DCG to provide a $140 million equity infusion. Genesis serves as the lending partner of Gemini Earn, and since Genesis can no longer honor withdrawals, neither can Gemini. Quote, We are disappointed that the EARN program, the service agreement, will not be met, but we're encouraged by Genesis's and its parent company, Digital Currency Group's commitment to doing everything in their power to fulfill their obligations to customers under the EARN program, Gemini said. Yeah, everything's catching on fire. Okay, the good news is, is that this fire burns hot. It's like, it's like the forest fire that you don't ever want to see, like the one in Yellowstone that happened in the 80s that burnt so hot that it killed old growth forests. But it was the only way for those particular kinds of pine trees to be able to repopulate because without massive fires, this particular, and I think it long, it was either, Lodgepole, I think it was lodgepole pines is the, is the kind of pine tree that was dominant in the Yellowstone fire. It burned so hot that it killed these things. And these are massive trees, but the fire opened up its pine cones without that fire. Cause this is what we call fire ecology. Without that fire, those pine cones don't open. And if they don't open, they can never sprout. 
a couple of years after the Yellowstone fire, they were seeing thousands and thousands and thousands of baby lodgepole pines per like every 10 square meters or something like that. It was a, they hadn't seen a new lodgepole pine, you know, birthed in Yellowstone national forest in decades, decades. And now the ecosystem is is almost completely put back together, except the trees are just shorter. This fire is going to burn hot and this fire is going to burn fast. It's going to destroy just damn near everything. So here's what we got to watch out for in this particular case. It's going to open up pine cones that are going to seed its genetic material that came from parents that were honestly less than ethical, less than ideal, and definitely not what we want in the space. So maybe we should use some herbicide. I don't know. FTX Australia's license has been suspended. Hmm. As 30,000 Australians have been left in the lurch. Uh, Braden Lindria has this one for Cointelegraph. Australia's financial markets regulator has suspended FTX Australia's financial license following the appointment of a voluntary administrator to help nearly 30,000 Australians and 132 Australian companies get their funds back from FTX. That's not going to happen. You can, you can appoint all the people you want, all the king's horses and all the king's men could not put Humpty Dumpty together again. The announcement was made by the Australian Securities and Investment Commission on November the 16th, which suspended the Australian Financial Services license of FTX local entity until May the 15th, 2023. Before the suspension, FTX Australia's AFS license permitted it to create a market for derivatives and foreign exchange contracts to Australian-based retail and wholesale clients. So, Wow. Okay. Wholesale clients. Retail is me and you. If me and you go and want to buy crypto directly from like FTX, that's that we're retail. If we actually have an account with, I don't know, let's just say Merrill Lynch, even though this isn't true, but let's just, if we're customers of Merrill Lynch and Merrill Lynch is providing us the ability to buy Bitcoin and they're getting it through FTX, they're the wholesale. That's the wholesale company. So when they say 30,000 Australians, do they mean 30,000 retail Australians and not including the sub retail or the sub wholesale buyers from 132 Australian companies? Nobody really knows. They're not really pointing this out, but be aware, it's probably a hell of a lot more than 30,000 Australians. FTX Australia has, however, been permitted to provide limited financial services that strictly relate to the termination of existing derivative contracts with its clients until December the 19th. The suspension comes as John Malward, Scott Langdon, and Raul Goyle of Sydney-based investment and advisory firm Cord Mintha were appointed as voluntary administrators to provide restructuring services to FTX Australia and its subsidiary FTX Express on November the 11th. Corda Mentha will attempt to recoup the funds of nearly 30,000 Australian investors and 132 companies due to the catastrophic FTX fallout. The report added that FTX Australia employees have been cooperating with Cord Mentha's administrators to resolve the matter. Oh, yay. FTX founder and former CEO Sam Bankman-Fried are listed as one of the three directors of FTX Australia. 
that's pretty much all we need to know about that one. Again, contagion, contagion, contagion. <coughs> Let's take a break from the bad side of FTX and see if we've learned anything from Heather Everdeen out of Bitcoin Magazine writing, Bitcoin helps users avoid the downfall of FTX. This is an opinion editorial by Heather Everdeen, a mother Bitcoiner and lifelong learner. This is actually sort of an open letter style thing. So that's why it begins with dear friends and family. The thing I want you to understand about FTX is that these are fiat problems, not Bitcoin problems. Bitcoin is unaffected aside from its fiat currency exchange rate. The Bitcoin price is impacted because of all the pressure on these exchanges and funds to sell their assets. Bitcoin is one of the most liquid assets there is. It's easy to sell immediately when you have to. There is still a new block approximately every 10 minutes. Bitcoin keeps running unaffected. FTX was all about money, money laundering, power, power, corruption, trying to get U.S. regulation that benefits only those closest to the money printer, all while everyday people were chasing more empty fiat gains. We cannot create a better world until we quit chasing gains based on dollars and start saving and planning for our future instead. I don't know about you, but I want to build a better world to leave my children and grandchildren in the future. I am not okay leaving it to them like this. Yeah, neither am I. All of these exchanges are houses of cards. Many more will collapse. While there will be more cryptocurrency exchanges, I'm really talking about all things fiat. Banks and hedge funds, pensions, 401k plans, fiat companies, etc., etc. I have no crystal ball, but I have seen the future. If I trust that vision, Bitcoin wins. I believe it. We'll see. I've also spent the last five years, thousands of hours, probably over 10,000 hours now, studying money, the financial system, trading, currencies, the Federal Reserve, central banking, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and better economics than the ones we are taught in school. Keynes was horrible. Though it may be annoying, I talk about it so much because I see what is happening and I want to help my fan, the friends and family. Our money and financial system was set up to be complex and confusing on purpose. They don't want people to understand it because if they did, they'd revolt. This is why the little guy gets scammed all the time. It was designed this way. This monetary system is not sustainable and will fail. We will see it happen in our lifetime and it is happening right now. There's another way. Buy, hold, and use your Bitcoin. Be your own bank. No middlemen, just you and your own money. Use the system that was designed to free people and not the one designed to enslave people. My vote is with my money. I vote to rid myself of these fiat chains and low vibrational systems and be a free, sovereign being. I use Bitcoin. You should too. Not bad. That's not a bad way of looking at it. Again, you know, I, I mentioned it yesterday. I've had more success orange pilling people, not by talking about Bitcoin, but by getting them to finally, for the first time maybe in their entire lives, ask themselves the question and then go find the answers for themselves of what is money? Where does it come from? 
whose purpose does it serve? It is a long, grinding road to go down. Nobody was interested in economics. Remember, anybody that's old enough that saw Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the movie, will probably remember the scene of Nixon's ex speechwriter and advisor. And I can't uh, Ben, not Ben Stiller. Can't remember the guy's name right now, but he was the economics professor that just droned on about V-O-O-D-O-O economics. Anyone, 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 Bueller. It's done that way on purpose. And I don't know if they're cognizant when high school economics teachers are doing it, maybe they're just, maybe they're bored that they're not running a script. They can't get excited about it because they don't understand it either. They think they do, but it's like the parts that they do are clearly so boring because I got the same shit in my economics class in high school. It was a snooze. Do you know how many times I fell asleep during in that class? I'm a teenager at the time. I shouldn't be falling asleep during the day. That's 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 your clue. Now, now let's run the numbers. CNBC futures and commodities, energy taking it taking a dump, big dump. Oil, West Texas Intermediate down 2 points to $85.22. Brent North Sea is down only one and a half points to $92.52. Natural gas, however, is down damn near three points, $5.85 per thousand cubic feet. Gasoline down one and a half to $2.48. Metals mixed, Uh, gold up scant, silver up scant. Platinum is the uh, one of the movers down 0.6%. Copper, a biggest mover, down 1.37%. Agricultural futures are mostly down. Biggest loser today, soybeans, thank God, down 2.09%. Cotton, up 0.75 is your biggest winner. Uh, What is the markets doing? Oh, oh, look, the markets are all down except for the Dow, which is up 0.07% for some unknown reason. S&P is down half a point. NASDAQ down over a point. S&P mini down 1.3%. Uh, again, I'm not going to be able to give you Bitcoin uh, or rather BitInfo charts information. I I don't know what the hell happened with those guys, but it's just, it's not going to happen on my computer. So I'm moving pretty much over to Clark Moody Bitcoin solely. So what do we got going on? Well, we have a, we have two, sorry guys. I've revamped it a little bit. So I'm looking at a kind of a different screen. Bear with me. There are 22,400 transactions waiting on 118 blocks to clear. We have a 308, $318.7 billion market cap, which is 2.59% of gold's market cap. And we can get nine ounces of shiny metal rocks formed in the forge of the stars for our one Bitcoin of which there are 19,208,898.42 of 5,101.25 of those are in the lightning network valued at $84.6 million being run over 16,174 nodes sporting 77 
1,150 payment channels. 67.8 of all of that is being run over Tor's 11,396 nodes. Hash rate over the last 216 blocks, holding at 265.1 exahashes per second. The minimum fee rate is 4.14 Satoshis per virtual byte. Uh, with 20,000 transactions in, the mem in various mempools, if you don't need to make your transaction right now, then just don't. If you do, then you need to really focus on what your fees are going to be, what you're willing to pay, how important is your transaction. Some people always say, oh, the fees are just, see, Bitcoin fees make it prohibitive. No, Bitcoin fees makes you think twice about something. Why is that bad? I want this car right now. Oh, well, hold on there, pal. You're probably going to have to wait 117 blocks. Or unless you're going to really pay a shit ton of money more, then you're going to be able to get it maybe in the next two or three blocks. But do you really want to do that? It makes you think about what it is you're giving your Bitcoin up for. I don't think that's necessarily bad. I just, I, I don't. If you really do need the small purchase, then use Lightning. That's why it's there. It's the pressure release valve for all the piddly stuff that we, I wouldn't mind buying a beer with, with Bitcoin, but I'm not going to do it on main chain. That's just dumb. I buy houses and cars and, you know, stuff like that on main chain, Thing, high ticket items. That's what main chain is for, especially if you want cryptographic proof that that transaction is actually buried in buried in the Bitcoin blockchain. But be that as it may, that's going to do it for Vitals. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Welcome to part two of the news you can use. FTX collapse was a dumpster fire, says U.S. lawmaker announcing investigative hearing. Ooh, Turner Wright, Cointelegraph, tell us more. Members of the United States House Financial Services Committee have scheduled a December hearing aimed at exploring the collapse of crypto exchange FTX and broader consequences for the digital asset ecosystem. In a November 16th announcement, that'd be today, the House committee said it expected to hear from individuals and companies involved in the events that led to the FTX group filing for bankruptcy under Chapter 11, including former CEO Sam Bankman fraud, also known as SBF, Alameda Research, and Binance. It's unclear whether Binance CEO Shengpeng Zhao, who has also been vocal on social media about his discussions with SBF and FTX will make an appearance. Quote, the fall of FTX has posed tremendous harm to over 1 million users, many of whom were everyday people who invested their hard-earned savings into the FTX cryptocurrency exchange only to watch it all disappear within a matter of seconds, said House Financial Services Committee Chair Maxine Waters. Quote, we need legislative action to ensure that digital asset in entities cannot operate in the shadows outside of robust federal oversight and clear rules of the road. Committee ranking member Patrick McHenry also expressed support for the FTX investigation, saying it was essential to hold bad actors accountable. Y'all don't ever do that, though. Y'all don't ever hold any bad actors accountable. 
Nobody went to jail in 2008 except that one was Iceland. Yeah, that one Icelandic banker. He's the only one that went to jail and y'all had nothing to do with it. That was Iceland. Y'all don't hold anybody accountable anymore. People can do pull the most heinous financial and, and civil shit on the face of the planet and you guys just hold a hearing. And you go, hmm, that, that sounds pretty bad. And then nothing ever happens. Whatever. Hold bad actors accountable, hey? And deliver oversight for the exchange's users. McHenry will likely become chair of the committee in January should Republicans gain majority control over the House of Reps. Waters said in a November 16th hearing on oversight or of financial regulators that FTX operated in the shadows and hinted that lawmakers needed to establish clear rules of the road for crypto firms. McHenry addressed lawmakers and the heads of federal agencies at the same hearing, saying Congress must develop a clear regulatory framework for the digital asset ecosystem focusing on platforms. Quote, We've coordinated between the minority party and the majority party to get this hearing on the books. There is no sugarcoating it. The FTX collapse has been a dumpster fire, end quote. Authorities in the United States have reportedly begun coordinating with their counterparts in the Bahamas to potentially extradite SBF to the United States for questioning. Reports suggest that FTX has been under investigation in the Bahamas, where its FTX digital markets arm, as well as many company executives, including SBF, are located, Turkey, and by the United States Attorney's, or Attorney's Office in the Manhattan District of New York. According to FTX's bankruptcy filings, the exchange could be accountable to more than 1 million creditors, ladies and gentlemen, before it was only 100,000. Now it's a million. If you expect that number to stay the same, I got bridges all over Arizona to sell you, pal. That's not going to happen. And then, you, of course, the U.S. is reportedly, you know, going to extradite Bankman Fried. We'll have to see about that shit. Let's move on, though. FTX lawsuit takes aim at Larry David, Tom Brady, for promoting crypto exchange. Yeah, of course you're going to sue the Richie Riches. They got the money, man. They got the money. Decrypt.co, Andrew Asmikov has more. A group of investors filed a class action lawsuit against the collapsed crypto exchange FTX, its founder Sam Bankman-Fried, as well as several celebrities alleging that they were part of a fraudulent scheme designed to take advantage of unsophisticated investors from across the country. The lawsuit, brought by prominent law firm Boys Schiller Flexner and the Moskowitz Law Firm in Florida's uh, Southern District Court, claimed the defendants actively participated in the, quote, offer and sale of unregistered securities in the form of yield-bearing accounts, end quote. Describing FTX and its affiliated entities, a true house of cards and a Ponzi scheme where the parties involved shuffled customer funds between their opaque affiliated entities, the lawsuit also alleges FTX used new investor funds obtained through investments in the yield-bearing accounts and loans to pay interest to the old ones and to attempt to maintain the appearance of liquidity. In the court filing seen by Decrypt, Plaintiffs claim that as a result of FTX fraudulent activities, quote, American consumers collectively sustained over one, no, I'm sorry, 11 billion with a B dollars in damages, $11 billion. That number is going to inflate too. 
We're talking about multiple tens of billions of dollars were flying around like bats out of a cave, and we don't know where half of them went. We don't know where nine-tenths of them went. So all these numbers that, are, that you think are high now, oh, buddy boy, just wait. 11 billion is going to turn into 111 billion. We'll have a true row of sticks on that one, right? Uh, 1 million is going to turn into 10 million people. And it's probably going to get higher than that. Now, my question is, is this class action lawsuit effectively being executed entirely too soon? Because the contagion is going to carry with it multiple strands of liabilities. If my money would have been wait to wait to execute this particular lawsuit and see just how many people I can sue all at once when the strings become a little bit more clear as to who was liable for what to who and when and just how bad it was. I think executing, I, I do, I think executing this lawsuit right now is premature, not because you don't love to see it happen, but because this web of this web, we only know a 10th of what happened. If that, if that. So I think they're, I think they're just kind of shortchanging themselves, but whatever. Now let's get on to something a little bit more fun and not FTX related. Bitcoin Magazine, Nomcios, built on Bitcoin's Lightning Network, Blip, B-L-I-P, wants to make your chats unstoppable. Oh, thank God, it's completely unrelated. A new Bitcoin-based encrypted chat platform has been announced at the Adopting Bitcoin Conference, Blip. The new app, yet to be publicly released, leverages Hexum, Ooh, a proprietary multi-layer encryption method also created by the team behind Blip that promises a more secure communication than popular end-to-end encrypted apps. Pausing here just to say, you developers out there, if I were you, I would stay away from anything with H-E-X as part of its name. Why? Well, because of Hex, <laughs> the shitcoin. And the Hexian or the Hexicans that live down in Hexaco. Every time I hear Hex related to Bitcoin, I automatically have a bad user experience in my mind. Please stop using Hex. It is no longer cool. Continuing. <coughs> Quote, WhatsApp and Signal use one static private key. The Hexum encryption method gives you a private key per message or per interaction, so hacking that is very difficult. Alejandro Mushuid, El Salvador National Security Advisor and co-founder of Blip, oh, interesting, and co-founder of Blip founding company High Voltage told Bitcoin Magazine, Hexum's multi-layer encryption approach leverages Base64, AES, SHA-256, and the addition of randomly generated words. Machant explained two other key differences between Blip and the now popular E2E apps setup. Everything goes through Lightning, and a phone number is not required. Thank you. A new user can start using Blip with an email address and a password. On Blip's end, Lightning nodes are leveraged, and each new user gets an address, along with a hash file that serves as a, you know, an account backup file. Quote, so text 
goes from your phone with a Hexam encryption to the Lightning Network, then to a Hexam decrypting method, and then to your phone, he detailed. Mushant, it's hard to pronounce his name. Phase one of Blip is text only in this peer-to-lightning-to-peer fashion. Phase two includes video calls and voice messages for which the connection handshake appears on Lightning and the rest goes through the Tor network, leveraging BitTorrent technology. Creators of Blip explain that the idea behind the project is not only to provide anti-fragile means for unstoppable communications, but also serve as a driving force of Bitcoin adoption. Quote, we talk about Bitcoin adoption, and for the most part, people talk about the price, whether it's a store of value or medium of exchange, but that's not enough discussion about the power of the network itself. We might have 2, 3, or 4% of the world that has adopted Bitcoin, but there's a much larger majority right now that can get their arms around protecting their speech and the privacy of their speech, says High Voltage co-founder Rick Fisher. The need for freedom of speech will drive a need for Bitcoin, he continued, quote, and because a user needs to power the app with sats, there is an inherent need to take that step to go and buy a couple of bucks worth of Bitcoin. And for 50 cents or a dollar, you can power up the Blip app and have absolute encrypted communications. To encompass these use cases, the team behind Blip also announced other applications at the conference, including Blip Freedom and a Lightning Wallet, uh, all of which also leverage Hexum. Really? having a difficult time that they picked that name. Blip Freedom is a bot-administered app that enables the creation of movements with large-scale dissemination of information. Focused on freedom of assembly, it protects the privacy of like-minded individuals who wish to freely communicate in the digital world. Quote, to get from the point of where we're at today to a Bitcoin standard, there's a huge chasm in there that is going to require that we congregate, assemble, create movements, create the revolution. And that's going to happen through communication protocols, Fisher said. On Blip Freedom, the organization's only task is to kickstart and open a channel to let people then join and crowdfund it. A user can only be kicked out of a channel with a supermajority vote of 75% of other channel users, a process administered by the bot. Quote, Assembly begins in the digital domain, Fisher said. If you want to start a movement to create a revolution, it's going to start on a phone. And if the overlords don't like it, they just shut it down. They did it in Canada. They've done it in Iran. So really, if you can't organize at that first layer level and you can be deplatformed and it can be turned off, then it really makes it hard to assemble and create a movement. Blip Freedom is really a movement-oriented app where people can fund it and can receive donations and we can create for every possible or potential movement a messaging platform where we can disseminate large amounts of data to people without it being shut down, he continued. Hexam and Blip actually stem from the development of Two wallet, that's the number two and wallet all shoved together. A custodial Bitcoin and Lightning wallet aimed at banking the unbanked in developing countries worldwide. Fisher told Bitcoin Magazine the idea was born after meeting Michant at Adopting Bitcoin 2021, which closely followed the adoption of Bitcoin as legal tender by El Salvador. Quote, we talked about the challenges ahead for El Salvador in adopting Bitcoin, and at that time, Chivo had just been launched, Fisher said, referring to the state-owned Chivo wallet. 
there wasn't a lot of information, but we did know that adoption was going to be tricky because Chivo was rolled out without Lightning. And so for merchant adoption, these things were going to be pretty difficult. The wallet itself was also a pretty big download. The two partners then had an idea to create a small download wallet that was simple, fast, and secure, Fisher recounted. Blip and Two Wallet will be made available for download within a few weeks. Huh, two weeks, TM. But a wait list is already available. That wait list, blipme.app, uh, blipme.app. Go there if you want to check this shit out. Maybe get on the wait list. Here's my thing. How many messaging apps do we really need? It's like they just keep rolling out. Remember Sphinx Chat? I used it for a while, but between Twitter and Sphinx and like Telegram, Discord, Slack, it's it it just becomes it all becomes so tiresome. As, as the meme goes, but that meme's there for a reason. It's not that I don't like what Blip is doing. I'm, I'm excited for it. It's, but for me, it's just how long is it going to last before people get bored to tears with it? Is it really going, is it, is there going to be enough that, is there going to be enough about Blip that users of Blip immediately recognize where has it been all my life? Because without that aha moment, it's just another messaging app that people stop using. This is one of the reasons why I really like Boostagrams on Podcasting 2.0. I'm not saying that it is in itself the messaging app that we need, especially when it comes to freedom of assembly. Maybe not. I don't know. What I'm, but what I am saying is that as app developers try to do yet another messaging app, I can only wonder if it's not just a waste of time. We'll see. I, I mean, best of luck to the blip guys. Please stop using Hexum, okay? All developers, please stop using Hex as any part of your name. It's bad UX for the brain. Please stop. But best of luck to you guys. I will get on the wait list. I'll try it out. But honestly, it, it better invoke within me at the deepest reaches of my groins the question, where has this been all my life? Otherwise, on the shelf it goes. Sorry, I just, I, I have to be truthful about it. Now, Bitcoin miner Core Scientific is facing a lawsuit for improperly disclosing financials. Tim Hockey, Decrypt.co. Crypto mining firm Core Scientific has been hit with a lawsuit after failing to disclose a series of adverse financial circumstances in its statements to shareholders this year, according to a court filing submitted on Monday. Plaintiff and shareholder Mi Pang alleges the company knowingly provided false information to its shareholders throughout the period beginning March 3rd this year and ending October the 28th. On March 3rd, Investigative investment research firm Culper Research published a report revealing that Core had overstated its profitability and had entered a dispute with Bitcoin miner Griffin, Core's largest client. Griffin lacked the money to buy the necessary mining rigs for Core Scientific to host at its data center, 
That day, after the report was published, core scientific stock price swiftly fell 9.4% to close at $6.98 a share. More revelations emerged over the course of the year, including a dispute with the now bankrupt crypto lender Celsius that sparked litigation on September the 28th. Celsius claimed that Core Scientific, which uses its data center to host clients setting up their own mining operations, delayed deploying rigs Celsius had delivered to it and supplied less power to the rigs it had deployed than required under the terms of that contract. Celsius also claimed Core had levied an improper surcharge on it to pass the buck in the face of mounting energy costs. Core Scientific did eventually disclose on October the 27th that something was up. Quote, Given the uncertainty regarding the company's financial condition, substantial doubt exists about the company's ability to continue as a going concern. End quote. On the day of the bankruptcy warning, the company's stock price fell 78.1% to 78 cents and then closed at point. Oh, I'm sorry, 22.1 cents per share. Core Scientific did not immediately respond to Decrypt's request for comment. Yeah, I'm sure they're probably busy. You know, that's... <coughs> sorry, guys. I'm sorry that I don't have a mute button. I, just the reason why I'm using FL Studio as how I record this and edit it all together and then render it out as an MP3. I'm not recording this from, you know, YouTube, which does have a mute button or from any of these other things, because honestly, the quality sucks. I like FL Studio because it's high quality. I can set my bit rate uh, upon rendering and I set it to a higher bit rate because I like better audio quality. I can't help it. That's from my past. But the problem is, is that FL Studio, even though I've got it hacked a little bit, and not 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 code not from a code base standpoint. I didn't hack its code. I just kind of figured out a way to hack the 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 interface uh, as it stands to give me a, a lot of time to talk. But it it was never designed to be a live performance app. It's designed as a very well done but insanely affordable full blown multi track recording studio that that records to disc. Uh, because of that, it doesn't have a place where I can mute while I'm recording live because it's meant more for music and not radio and or podcast production. That's why you hear the coughs. I'm sorry. I've looked and I've looked and I've looked and I cannot figure out for the life of me how to enable a mute button in FL Studio. And honestly, I really like FL Studio, so I'm not going to change anytime soon. But getting back to the core scientific, miners are going to fail in mass. The bigger they are and the more over leveraged they are, those are the ones that are going to fall the hardest, obviously. But you've got to expect this. If I mean, I don't want you waking up tomorrow to like the biggest miner on the face of the or in, in the United States going chapter 11. I don't want you to be surprised because it's going to happen. Do I have like any kind of like, you know, crystal ball here? Or did somebody email me from one of these companies say, hey, give people a heads up? No, they did not. It's just that I know that the contagion is going to spread to mining. They do not have the kinds of firewalls 
in place to guard against that, at least not to my satisfaction. No, no, sir. Why? Because they've taken out loans. And if you think that they did it outside of the ecosystem where all the DeFi loans were being done, then you're fooling yourself, which means they're ripe for being able to catch that contagion. If they've done it right, the, the, there are miners out there who I guarantee have done it correctly. They did not over leverage themselves. They do have like a war chest to be able to draw from while this whole thing goes down. Those guys will survive. But I guarantee you that we're going to see the bigger miners fall first. That's just the way this shit goes. And I still believe that energy companies are just waiting for those liquidation events to occur. And that's when they'll announce, hey, Phillips 66 is now getting into the mining business. That's when you'll hear it, but not a single second before, because if they telegraph their intentions to buy on the cheap, it won't be as cheap when liquidation comes around. That's why we're not hearing anything about it right yet. Guarantee you it's going to happen. Energy companies are going to flood in and they're going to buy this shit for pennies on the dollar. And so are the other mining companies. It's going to be, it's going to be like watching huge fat people at a banquet table gorging themselves and not even thinking about using a napkin. So there you go. That's going to do it for the morning roundup. Dad says jokes. I asked my Chinese friend what it was like to live in China. He says he can't complain. Yeah, because it'll chop your damn head off if you do, apparently. And that's where we're headed if we let this shit happen. I mean, I had a story up here where, you know, we're well over, we're well, we're not well over an hour, but I, I really like targeting the hour mark. I don't want to waste too much of y'all's time, but, you know, if you haven't heard the news, the United States, uh, I don't know, the the finance the treasury and you know the 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 finance guys from the United States government that have all the say over our money they want to they now they want to pilot a CBDC of their own now there's a lot of conjecture out there that says that this was coordinated with the FTX collapse right I honestly I kind of think this is a little bit of tinfoil hattery. And you know me, I don't mind the tinfoil hattery. I've, I've, <laughs> I've made that abundantly clear. But something about this, I, I don't think this is actually related to, F, to FB or FTX, right? Why? Gut feeling. Just a gut feeling. Because let's say that this hadn't happened. Let's say FTX was still fine and that no chicanery had, had occurred, or, or even if it was occurring, we didn't know dick about it, right? It wouldn't surprise me one bit that the United States government would say, hey, you know what? Uh, we want to release a CBDC for the United States digital dollar in 12 weeks. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. Why? Well, because they had said earlier this year and very late last year and midway through last year that the United States government had absolutely no intention of examining a CBDC. 
Jerome Powell has said on several occasions, we don't need it. And Jerome Powell is actually correct. We don't need it. Because what does the CBDC do? Well, if we look at it in the context of any country, but let's just look at it from the United States countries or the United States as a country, what do we got? We got the Federal Reserve, which is the United States central bank that's privately owned. We have the United States Treasury, which is supposedly responsible for the money, but that is an incestuous relationship between them and the Federal Reserve. Who makes up the Federal Reserve? Board of Governors. The only person appointed by the United States federal government is the chairman of the board. In this case, is Jerome Powell. And, you know, Janet Yellen's secretary of the treasury. So Jerome Powell, his friends are the rest of the board of governors. Where are they from? Wells Fargo, Bank of America, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. Those are the guys. Those are all private banks. The private banks don't have any interest in a CBDC because that immediately allows the Federal Reserve to take over all of their interests. And there's no interest from the most powerful people on the planet to have that happen. That's why it's probably not going to happen in the United States. China, it was easy. It was so easy in China to perpetrate this shit because they just kill you. You didn't go along with it. They just kill your ass, nationalize your own bank, whatever, they didn't care. They, it, fear works in the short term, but it's very effective in the short term and loss of life or having to witness the loss of family and loved ones and friends lives in front of your eyes because you're not in compliance with the communist party. Yeah. That'll strike fear in the hearts of gods and men. That's all that they needed to do. United States is a little different and a lot of people screaming, well, we're getting socialist anyway. It's probably going to happen one way or another. Yeah, I think there's going to be a circuit breaker that's going to get thrown. And there's going to be a, enough people that just say, fuck it. They don't, want, they don't want to see, they don't want to be living in the world that they watch forming in front of their eyes. And they're going to take matters into their own hand in mass. I don't want it to happen. I really don't. But... I, I just don't see any way out. I, I, I just don't. I think something bad is going to happen and I would rather it didn't. And I certainly advise people not to be anywhere close to city centers. If you can get out of the cities, get out. Get to a small town, a village, whatever. Because at one point or another, people are just going to have had enough of the bullshit clown show. But back to the CBDC that particular, you know, row is going to occur at the very top of the food chain. And the guys over at J.P. Morgan Chase and the guys over at Bank of America and Wells Fargo and all the rest of those dudes, they are going to tell Jerome Powell the what for. And they're going to make it happen in sort of the reverse way that the Chinese government was doing the opposite. They'll say, you know what? How about we stop funding your fucking war efforts? How about we pretty much take over SWIFT and you guys can sit out there and twist? You know, how about we 
you know, it would be real shame if we plugged up all those pipes and your foreign aid got held up for a few weeks, maybe months. God only knows. Maybe we'll start auditing all of your transactions, United States federal government. If you don't think that these guys wouldn't do that in a heartbeat, you're very much mistaken because they've got that much money and that much money translates into gobs and gobs and gobs of power that they don't normally deploy. They will deploy that power at one point or another. They don't want to see a CBDC. Now, that said, they probably are going to test it. I recommend not using it. Do not be a test subject for a CBDC. Say no, absolutely not. If you have a chance to have any say, like they release, uh, like if Federal Reserve or the U.S. Treasury releases a survey of your thoughts, well, tell them exactly what you think. If they give you the option to say, fuck you, then select that. If they open it up for comments, on the floor of the Congress or however they're going to do it in their hearings and all the little thing meetings that they have all the time, then make your comments, make them sanely, but be firm and say, I will never use this. There will never be a day that I will use your CBDC and it's un-American and here's why. And it's, it's against freedom and here's why. That's, you know, that's what we can do in the short term. Longer term, I'm, I'm not so optimistic about. By that, I mean a whole bunch of people just totally calling it quits and saying, fuck it, I don't want to be in this world anymore and I'm going to either perish because of my next actions or I'm going to be victorious over my next actions. Figure it out. I don't know what to do, guys. I really do. I really wish I could tell you, you know, how to think about it, but that's, you know, that's stupid. I don't really want to tell people how to think about anything. But gird your loins because this shit's coming and I don't, I don't know how to stop it anymore. The same people have all been silenced. You know, the same people, the same people that were warning everybody about everything are always silenced. The ma- just go back to Bitcoin. The maximalists, how long have we been, we've been silenced insofar as we've been made fun of every time we say something, no matter, no matter what your reputation in the space, no matter how long you've been in, no matter how many people follow you, it doesn't matter. There's more bots out there than you can possibly imagine who somehow or another pick up the word maxi in the Twitter feed and they just shit all over them and say, you're, you're, you're a Luddite. And, and people got effectively silenced because the masses that got into FTX were listening more to what the bots had to say than what the Bitcoin maximalists had to say, which means that they were listening to the insane people and not the sane people. The Bitcoin maximalists have always been sane. We've always been conservative. We've always been careful. And by conservative, I don't mean Republican. I just mean, yeah, you probably should not jump off the cliff with your you know, makeshift in the garage you know, pair of wings before you test it. That's conservatism. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where we're going. I I wish I did know. I really do. But buy Bitcoin, hold Bitcoin. If you can get out of the city, get out of the city. If you can get to a town that sub 50,000 people, get to a town that sub 50,000 people and start making friends there. You have a lot more luck getting to know your neighbors 
and have your neighbors want to give a shit about taking care of you and vice versa than you will in the middle of L.A. L.A. is going to burn to the ground. Detroit's going to burn. Well, Detroit's decayed to the ground. Then it's going to burn to the ground. And then it'll fall over and melt into the swamp and then burn up again. Chicago burned to the ground. New York probably just abandoned. <laughs> I know it sounds, it sounds weird. What do I mean by abandoned New York? All the rich people leave. And the only people that, and there will be a fuck ton of people in New York. It won't be abandoned except financially. There's many different ways that you can abandon something in New York and, and all these places will be abandoned financially. And there will be no tax base to fix my roads and repair buildings and, and have a, you know, functional police force. And it'll, you know, if you haven't seen Escape from New York with uh, Kurt Russell, highly recommended movie. Really good. Kind of campy. But the message is very, very good. And if you like campy movies, it's a great movie. Well, with all that said, if you want to support the show, podcasting 2.0 is the way to go. If you want to give me a boostagram and tell me how you feel about all this, please do. I will read it on the air. Otherwise, you can stream me Satoshis while I stream you these dulcet tones, and I will see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.